Welcome to another edition of the CJ McCollum Show. I'm currently recording live in the not-so-beautiful Los Angeles, California right now in the midst of uh, monsoons, mudslides, and uh, tropical rainstorms, eerily similar to what I experience on a day-to-day basis in Portland, Oregon, minus the mudslides. Um, very comforting sleep weather that I look forward to enjoying Did you just and call all of L.A. soft? For this uh, historic storm they're going through. <laughs> oh, do you you said that? I I'm simply saying that they're so unused to the rain. Although the rain was crazy the other day, I heard it it's, was crazy. It's yeah, it's 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 a real deal. It's east. I hope up you guys today. stay safe. Okay, that's good. But it's like the after effects. Hope you stay safe. Yeah, this is the Especially- lighter version of it. It was bad the other day. My agent called me, and it was it looked like the sky was falling. Yeah. And you know you have a big, big matchup against Red Hot Clippers too. So oh, we do play the Clippers on this trip. That's right. You know they're pretty good. Um, your your whole clip from our podcast about you know James Harden being a system. I'm still getting alerts about that. I get notifications every day. Like people either love James, hate James, or just hate the Clippers. I don't know what it is, but like every day I check my notifications. I'm like, this was like a week or two ago. Why are you guys... It was like three weeks ago, but (laughs) you know, they're they're a hot topic. They are a hot topic right now. People are mad. I mean, Kawhi is playing out of his mind. He's really good, really efficient. I think he's the first person in NBA history at, what is it, a 30-game stretch of 50-50-90? It's impressive. I think the hardest part is the 90 the 50 50 is hard the 50 from three is really hard but for Kawhi, the 50 from two is just like this is normal walk in the park for him right but to go 90 from the line over a 30 game span and 50 from three is is tough especially when you shoot threes off the dribble that is extremely impressive extremely impressive stuff Kawhi. yeah well i'm sure you're gonna be uh you know into that scouting report you can't really share that much but (laughs) i think it's pretty pretty easy to pinpoint what you guys are preparing for yeah, I mean, I think we're preparing the same way all teams do. Like, this is a really good team. They're not what they used to be in terms of past years and the beginning of this season. Um, they switch a lot. Uh, James is obviously the facilitator. He's the head of the snake in terms of, like, orchestrating the offense, running the pick and rolls, kind of letting everybody eat. Kawhi is Kawhi, right? He's in peak Kawhi form in terms of aggressiveness, efficiency, uh, shooting the ball at a high clip. PG's playing a lot off the ball, um, getting a lot of catch and shoots, you know, ISO, late clock threes, transition threes. He's hunting. Um, Russ is coming off the bench playing with Joy. I think he talked about it. He's happy. He's pushing tempo. They they got a lot of different guys playing, you know, roles they're comfortable in, roles they've adjusted to, and they're all thriving. Norman Powell is playing well, six-man candidate along with Russ. Like, they got Terrence Mann. They got the right pieces. Obviously, T. Lou, we talked about James being a system. It is T. Lou's system, so shout-out to T. Lou for mm-hmm. kind of getting things in order. But, I mean, they're playing the best basketball in the NBA right now, you know, especially in the Western Conference. They're playing the best basketball, and I would say Boston and, and Cleveland are playing the best basketball in the East. You look at their 30, what is it, since December or whatever, 25 and 5 or 26 and 5 over the last 31 games, which is it's nuts. That's yeah, that's crazy. That's like a Chicago Bulls pace. Stop. I mean, <laughs> you're just catching strays. Sorry, Bulls fans. I mean, like okay. vintage Bulls pace, like when, when Jordan and them were there. Sorry. Yes, but, you know, now not so much. Um, <laughs> I, you, you mentioned, like, so they're on their way up. Um, 
And, you know, how long ago did all that, you know, people freaking out about the fit with James when he, when he first joined the team and Russ going to the bench, like that feels like an eternity ago and they've really rounded into form and, you know, a lot of people are picking them to, you know, be in, in their finals, um, no disrespect, but I, I, when it comes to the East, you mentioned Cleveland, who's also on that um, quite a role, and Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, this, I had the 76ers in there as like a contender as well, but unfortunately, the big news, um, you know, from last week into this week, Joel Embiid suffering that meniscus injury, um, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, falling on his, his left knee, which was already injured. Um, he had an operation on Tuesday and, you know, it's all about the rehab and, um, you know, how, how well he takes care of it, but there's, uh, they're going to reevaluate him in four weeks and there's hope that he can come back this season. But, um, you know, that is a big, big loss. He's leading the NBA in, in scoring. Um, he was on track to, um, you know, match Will Chamberlain's average of 35 10 and 5 um but the sixers they've lost you know six of their last seven games mm-hmm. what was your reaction to Joel Embiid's um injury uh news of of his surgery and you know we saw LeBron's tweet um you know calling out people who were criticizing him for sitting out um of you know the Denver game what's your overall reaction to a guy like that who was having a historic year suffering this type of injury yeah it's it's very unfortunate to see something like that happen especially to one of the faces of the league one of the guys who means so much to this game the international presence the presence on Philly the persona the personality the skill set like he's so fun to watch because he scores so many different ways, right? Three level score, got post ups. He like modernized our game, but like still has that seven foot, three hundred pound flair of a big man that can still posterize yeah. and, and dunk on you. So it's it sucks to see something like this happen. And then you know with with the situation at hand in terms of people saying that like first they were saying he's ducking smoke, like he's not trying to play against Joker, or like he's why is he missing games? And it's like guys are missing games because there's something wrong, right? Like yeah. He's obviously injured. He's obviously battling something. This is a guy who has had different types of injuries throughout his career that they've had to manage, you know, accordingly right. throughout the season where, you know, at times they may have had scheduled rest days, whatever the case may be, back-to-backs, travel, certain things to kind of manage a guy who is obviously really important to this franchise and a guy who they want to be available when it really matters. The entire season matters, but the game really matters April, May, June. And, and that's what all teams are playing for, especially teams uh, who are at the top of their conferences. So, you know, when he goes down from an injury and then you, you, you hear about how he was battling in the injury, was trying to play through it, it's frustrating because you understand what it's like as a player. Uh, you want to be out there. You want to compete at a high level. But um, obviously sometimes injuries take longer to heal. And when you are – potentially battling something or nursing something, there is a higher risk for something else occurring maybe in that same area or a different area because of compensation. So when he when he got hit and, and diving for the loose ball and I seen him grab his knee, I just thought to myself, this is this can't be good. And 
sure enough, it's a situation where he's going to miss, you know, a lot of time. And I think the reminder to everyone is just that guys really care. We hate rehabbing, right? It's it's the worst. One of the worst things that you can do as a player is rehab because your schedule shifts. You obviously aren't playing in games. You obviously aren't able to do the things you normally would do. And you can't do what you prepare for the entire summer, which is to play in front of a crowd and help your team win. So it, it sucks to see something like this happen, but I think it's just a reminder that guys are, are constantly battling things throughout an 82-game season, and sometimes they have to monitor accordingly and, and correctly, which means missing some games throughout a year. I mean, look, I was in Denver um, for that matchup. He had hurt himself already um, in Indianapolis. Uh, and so I think just like all of the events that kind of led up to it, him not being on the injury report to begin with, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ramona Shelburne's report that he wasn't going to be on it and he, you know, he wasn't, um, I think kind of added to like gotcha. the reaction of him showing, you know, be, being ruled out 15 minutes before game time. Um, I think, you know, I think that was a mistake to not just at least put him on the injury report. I mean, LeBron James is on every single injury <laughs> report for that, for that matter. Like he's battling you know, stuff constantly, constantly. And so is Joel. Um, but I think like, I'm not in this guy's head and I'm not going to, um, say that I know exactly what's going on, but it feels like, you know, he wanted to make sure people knew that he wasn't trying to duck. He didn't want the reaction of him being on the injury report heading into that game. Um, And then, you know, I I watched him in warmups and um, his training staff was keeping a close eye on him and he, he, he was laboring. So like, how are we going to tell him that, you know, he was fit to play Um, like in, in, in this whole season, he's talked about, all that matters is that I'm healthy for the playoffs. Mm, and that's what yes, hurts. he was on pace for for MVP again, but you know, he won MVP already. So like he checked that off the list and he's been talking about it only matters if I win a title. And so this has been what's been his main focus. Um and so when he like it, so it's just an unfortunate series of events. So then, you know, there's an investigation into, you know, like, and a fine with the, the, the late notification. There's this, the new player participation rules, uh, um, you know, with, with guys sitting out specifically national televised games. And if they're not listed on the injury report. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, I think with, with Joe, you wonder if he rushed himself back in, in reaction to, um, you know, playing not like the, the, the criticism you received in Denver and, or just keeping up with, the MVP race because, you know, he was down to um, six games that he would he, he could miss after that Denver game. And then, you know, wondering if th- that had any impact um, because the 65 game rule, um, you know, obviously is in the back of a lot of guys minds. And when it comes to Joel Embiid or someone like um, Tyrese Halliburton, it's at the front of mind. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about that. You obviously were in those negotiations um, as the president of the Players Association. Uh, Tyrese voiced his opinion, calling the rules stupid. Um, you know, but the rule was implemented as a guideline for players to be eligible for certain awards. Um what what can you tell us just first let's let's go here what can you tell us about the negotiations that led to this rule and you know the debate that's growing on whether it's fair and putting um undue pressure on players yeah there was obviously a a negotiation and a back and forth for years this wasn't something that just happened this last year this was years of back and forth and collaboration and conversations between the NBA league offices, uh, players, uh, staff, organizations, obviously, and and trying to figure out how to continue to improve our game. This isn't something that was put in place to make our game worse. This is something that has been thought out strategically. And obviously, when you have situations like this, it looks, it looks horrible. And the point of the rule in general was to continue to promote players participating in games consistently when they're healthy. Like the whole point is when you're healthy, you play. It's not about playing through injuries. It's not about trying to get guys to do things they shouldn't do that are harmful for their bodies. That was all a part of the discussion. And if that's happening, um, then, then we then we failed in terms of what the messaging should be and how it should be uh, for players and their teams. Like I've been hurt um, and I've played through injuries before just because I wanted to win. And I've done some things I probably shouldn't have done in terms of playing through stuff. And I think the whole point is we don't want players resting that are healthy especially in nationally televised games, especially when fans are participating um, in our sport in terms of, you know, spending their hard earned money on attending our games. I think that was the whole point of it. And I think this all started, shout out to Pop, this all started with the Spurs back in the day when he used to rest multiple starters um, on nationally televised games. And then he began finding teams first and kind of like doing those types of things to kind of implement change. But um, in terms of the number of games and the discussion, it was a lot of back and forth, and we settled on 65, and we we obviously voted on this amongst um, players. But I think that the the thing that we're seeing right now is um, 
the conversations around Joel, obviously, Therese and, and, and players kind of voicing the fact that they dislike this. And if you look at where the NBA was at before this rule was instituted, I think in order for you to be considered or qualify for you know, points per game, rebounds per game, like the leading score of the NBA or whatever. What does it feel? I think it was 50, 58 games, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 58 games. So understanding the average time for certain injuries, right? You got ankle sprains. You got, uh, what's the usual? Hamstring, ankle sprains. Those are the things that the guys generally miss the most games for outside of the COVID over the last 10 years. Those are the injuries that guys miss the most time for. And those injuries are normally between, what, five and seven games, eight and 12, depending on the severity. And sometimes you get that 15 or 20, depending on how bad uh, or severe an injury is. But the point was to encourage players to play when healthy, not to encourage players to play when they're not. So if that's the messaging and and how the rule is being utilized, then we failed. And I can admit that. So I think we got to kind of go back to the drawing board and have more discussions and, and kind of talk through it. Cause I think that's what it's about. It's about improving our quality of play in the game uh, for all of us. Like we don't want, and beat out there playing at 60, 70%. Like that's, that's not going to do anybody any good. And from a guy who's an MVP caliber player who could have won another MVP, him not being healthy is bad for our sport in general. Like it's bad for our sport. The best players not being available is bad for our sport. It's bad for their teams, their markets, and their chances of achieving what we all hope to achieve over the course of our career, which is to compete for a championship and win one. And that's why we train. So um, that's the difficult part of all of this. And obviously you know, I'll continue to to monitor the situation and speak to players and kind of get their feedback and figure out like what we can do better because that's what it's all about. It's about learning. And if, if we miss the mark on something, we figure out how to adjust the mark and, and make it better. But one of the things that we're working on adjust, uh, addressing is the fact that a lot of players feel like they're not able to accomplish certain things in terms of, you know, financial gains, you know, by missing some of these things. And we'll obviously kind of continue to monitor the CBA and go through the fine print to make sure that all the players are truly understanding exactly what's in it in terms of what they're entitled to in the event that a guy like Tyrese misses the mark on games played. This is a guy who's worthy of a full max and like making sure that he still gets his full max is um, very, very imperative and important to us and obviously important to him too. So we'll continue to monitor and we'll make sure we're getting out the right messaging along with the right facts as to exactly what's in the CBA for those types of particular situations where, um, not just a Joel Embiid situation, but a situation where a player maybe doesn't qualify for what he deserves because of games missed due to real injuries um, that kind of occur throughout a game. So um, this is obviously something that we're paying attention to. And as the season progresses and as the years progress, obviously there'll be different things that kind of happen that we have to address as as players and as a member of the union. Okay, so for Tyrese specifically, he's already missed 13 games this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only played in 13 minutes in an early January game, um, which is where he got hurt. Um, so it it doesn't count towards the 65-game threshold. So does this mean, you know, for him to earn reportedly that, like, extra $40 million, um, over the life of his contract, like, that's not really in jeopardy or there's this, this – it can be revisited – yeah, to my understanding, and I want to make sure I get the fine print and, and kind yeah. of go through it, you know, with our legal team. There are situations in which, you know, let's say he's he's hurt. Let's say he gets hurt again. Something happens. God forbid something happens. He misses the threshold, but he's obviously worthy of receiving the full max. There's there's situations and circumstances in which we can 
um, appeal or whatever the case may be, go through insurance and uh, assure ourselves the opportunity to to seek the extra forty million that he would be missing out on for not being a part of you know, an all-NBA team or whatever the triggers could be for him specifically. I know there are different triggers based on all-star, whether you make a first team, second team, third team, all-NBA, like all those things um, kind of trigger bonuses. As we've seen from, I think, Jalen Brown's contract and some of these guys' contracts right. in general, making an all-star game could be the difference between an extra million dollars for somebody like I think it was Julius, Julius Randle and uh, Jalen Brown, who in their contracts, there's a fixed number and then there's bonuses or incentives to where you can reach that full max of whatever that number is for you um, independently. But that's something that we'll definitely continue to revisit and look at and make sure um, we're putting things in place to protect our players from injuries. Because we don't want guys playing through injuries. We want everybody to receive the financial compensation they deserve, especially if they got hurt in the course of performing their their duty and their job, which is to play the game. You get hurt playing the game and you can't perform that's one thing. Now, if you just right. rest into rest, then that's a whole different situation that we're trying right. to kind of prevent from happening. But um, we obviously want to protect our players. We want our players to be able to play at a high level for our fans and, and for our teams and our cities and our families. And um, if we've missed a mark, then we got to revisit it. All right. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there in terms of Tyrese Halliburton, because he's still eligible. Um, mm-hmm. But it is important, you know, for voters, media members like myself um, to understand that, like, if we get to a point where Tyrese Halliburton is quote unquote ineligible, um, I'm sure the players association and the NBA will go into further detail on whether or not Tyrese Halliburton, you know, should be eligible for us to put our votes in. Um, So I, but this is all, this is look when, when a rule like this as significant as it is, is implemented, even like, look at the in-season tournament. We talked about it. You gotta, you gotta, you know, that like this is this is something that you're, every, like the game's growth is at the center of, you know, these these new rules and new changes to the league. And so, with that in mind, it's it's all about like how can they improve, um, and how can you know the players association improve, the league improve. So I assume that it will be discussed and um hopefully you know reevaluated uh maybe even within the season um but you know as you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton already an all-star so you know there's there's something to that campaign for end of year awards already reaching that milestone um and you know all-star week is next week um we'll be recording a very special edition of the CJ McCollum show, um, live from Indy. Well, not live to tape from Indy. (laughs) Um, but the, you know, full lineups have been announced, including the, um, uh, injury replacements and, and Trey Young and Scotty Barnes filling in for Julius Randall and Joel Embiid. Um, what do you think of, of the all-star lineups? Um, you know, and and who do you feel like are the biggest snubs? I know, I, I, like, clearly, I'm sure you feel some type of way that there should have been at least a Pelican. Um, <laughs> if not, you know, you. But what what are your overall feeling of, of, in, in terms of, you know, when you look at the, the, the rosters um, and how you feel that, you know, it all played out? I think this is an impossible job to have, just similar to the the jobs that you have in terms of voting for first, second, third team, all NBA. There's always someone that's going to get left out that deserves to be 
in the game. Obviously, you know, we got multiple players that I feel like should have played in the game. I'm sure the Sacramento Kings feel the same way, you know, with the record that they have and the fact that they got zero players in the game. But um, it's hard because there's only so many spots. You got a few guard spots, you got a few forward spots, and then you got the center position. And once you feel those roles, you know, it, it begins to get harder and harder, especially when you include the fan voting and all those things associated with that. So it's tough um, to see certain guys like a Trey Young that gets left out but then gets added in late. A guy averaging 28 and 11, like – that's insane. Like, all right, who you play? We got to play that game though. Who, like who, who, who would out? you have? T- yeah, who would you have taken out? I don't know. That's the thing. But you can just say that they were snubbed though. Like, it's we could both agree that when you average that many points and that many assists, lead the league in twenty point ten assists, double doubles. Like, it's hard to not justify a guy like De'Aaron Fox, averages all those points on a team that's eight nine games over five hundred. Like, I don't know who you take out. Z Bi, the impact that they have on our teams, in our communities, like all these guys are doing great work and there's only what, 12 spots. Like it's, it's tough. So I think everybody feels that way each year. Um, and I think the hard part is figuring out what the criteria is. Is it, is it the 12 best players? Is it 12 best players who impact winning on their teams? Is it record? Like what is constituted as an all-star? And I think that's the hard part. Cause I think each person in charge of voting has a different opinion of that. And then you got the players who, vote and then you get sometimes just random votes thrown in but i think the whole point is we're all different individuals who who think differently so what we constitute as an all-star may be different in our own minds which will affect the voting right right um are you happy that they went back to east west and got rid of the draft or what what, do you have a feeling on that i like the draft i like the draft too but i think it was it was drawn out and for the players that are participating it takes a long time to announce each player it's a long long process and as the guys get older it's it's harder to kind of recharge and get loose for the game and then the fans are watching and it's it's a process that's cool but i think it was slowing up the game a little bit um, okay. in terms of the was that the reason it. like it just like uh it felt like guys were you know, was there like safety involved there or just, I think, it's a com- I think a combination to be honest with you, I can't, like, I am not an all-star. So like, I don't or, know. What the- or were guys <laughs> complaining about, you know, the possibility of being picked last. It seemed like a long process. I can't speak to the specifics, um, but it seemed like a long process. And I always joke, it doesn't matter if you're the last all-star or the first all-star, you're still an all-star. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, wasn't Jokic picked last like two years ago? Yeah, and he and he's the MVP, so it's like, uh... well, you know, by arguably, you know, the people's champ, many or the players' champ. Well, like every single player calls him the best player in the league. So, um, all right, well, we'll see. I think it's I, like I'm excited for All Star. We'll get more into it next week. Um, I think you know we're still waiting to to find out. You know, we're recording this on on Tuesday night. Who's going to be in the dunk contest? Um, Do we not Saturday, know? Uh, I don't know if it's been finalized. Unless Jalen Brown, Jacob Toppin, has it been? I saw last uh, update. I saw was this is the potential. Oh, poten- okay. I got the, the adjectives to describe what's taking place is very confusing to me. In this, in this <laughs> well, because well, you know what, and that's the state of the dunk contest, though. It's like. Shout out to Jalen Brown if he's really doing it. <laughs> if he's really doing um, it. 
Because, like, it's now become a place where, you know, like, you know, some established guys don't want to embarrass themselves. Like, they don't want to put themselves in a position to, like, not do well. What about Trey? Like, you know, how do, like, he... I don't he, know. I can't he, speak to that. He, he didn't, you know, like, stepping up to the dunk contest is, like, that. there's nothing, like... I can't imagine like there's not a lot like that in in the NBA. Where it's a big it's deal. A solo uh, performance, and everyone's looking for you to reinvent the wheel. And we've seen every single dunk. Like it's so hard. And then everyone's like, "All right, well, let's bring in like YouTube dunkers and open up the field." But no one's gonna no one's gonna watch that. They just want to watch the big stars dunk, like we did back in the 80s and 90s it used to be a rite of passage um it did to do the dunk contest you know the stars did it the best players in the world did it and they competed at a high level and i think it's lost its allure a little bit and um just it's unfortunate because those dunk contests used to be really cool i mean i think the best but dunk I will contest say, ever was Zach the one levine and aaron gordon one. that might be the best one i've ever seen so i like to to i i saw the toronto one live so that was Vince. What? The Toronto no, the one. Toronto uh, dunk contest with Zach and Aaron. Yeah, I was there. I and was in the stands. Yes, to this day, <laughs> it's still one of the greatest live events I've ever, you it's know, impressive. been to. Um, but I, so I, but I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe these guys will surprise us. But like. I, I guess that was like the start of, hey, let's get some buddy new names and then they can establish yeah. themselves. Because reportedly, right, so Mac McClung's going to be back in it maybe. Jalen yeah. Brown and Jaime Hawkes. I mean, if if Jaime Hawkes, he's, he's been great this year for, for Miami. I he's didn't know athletic. he had hops like that. I've seen him do the behind-the-back dunk. He's got some creative dunks. He's got some sneaky bounce um, Look, that I can just, attest to. If they can put on a show, great. It's just hard to show people something new. And, you know, we'll see. We'll I'll be, be watching. We'll be watching and hoping for the best. Um, You know, I just think, like, you feel like Zach Levine um, should have won both times against Aaron Gordon? I don't know. <sighs> that was a really, really good dunk contest. And... AG, I think D Wade messed him over on one of those votes. He messed him over. <laughs> he he messed sure him over. Did. Shout out to my guy D Wade. He messed him over on one of those votes. Um, he definitely did. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Couple other things, you know, Damian Lillard, you had some quotes um, about just like stuff outside of basketball affecting him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said, people say when I hoop, I ain't thinking about nothing, but I'm not 21. I got three kids. I'm tight with my family. I'm going through a divorce. So he was vulnerable and just explaining like, hi, I'm a person, you know, I'm right. more than just playing basketball. And as someone who dealt with a lot at the beginning of this year with a new baby, <laughs> like a very scary injury, um, you know, like uh, situations within the Pelicans and um, you guys trying to find your groove. Like, h- how do you, as someone, as a veteran who has so much going on, both on and off the court, like, how do you deal with work-life balance being in the league? Um, and have you talked to Dame, um, you know, just about what's going on with him and, and his, like, mental state um, with a lot going on in his life? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. We all have our own stuff that we deal with um, independently, whether that's life, family, personal, basketball combination of all those things finance there's so many things that you know we're going through and and trying to balance while literally getting on a plane every three or four days so it's it's frustrating at times but I think it's about having the right circle of of people around you that you trust having the right professional help and really kind of honing yourself honing in on what's important trying to figure out what's really important to you what really matters to you and how are you going to protect that and I think once you kind of figure that out, the decisions that you make around your life become easier. They become more clear. And there's some things that are going to happen that you have no control over. And I think it's more so how you respond to it. But he's spoken to the personal things that he's battling um, involving his personal life, which is, you know, now become public as a public figure, uh, which is unfortunate. But when you have kids, man, I think it, 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 it makes your life that much better, but it also can bring some challenges in your life in terms of balance. You wanting to be around, but having to travel and missing things and Obviously, um, as as someone who's married with two kids, it's it's a hard work life balance working any job. Yeah. Especially this job. So it's just about continuing to push forward and having healthy conversations and dialogue and communication and really carving out safe, healthy boundaries for yourself and for your lifestyle and for your family's lifestyle, because this life can be very difficult. It can be very strenuous you're performing on a, on a big stage consistently and no matter what you're going through personally people don't care they just want to see you perform at a high level and that can be tough but Damon and I still talk constantly and checking on him make sure he's doing okay and this is a tough transition you know family wise for him personally and then obviously being in a new city um has, has taken his toll and in in really challenged him in ways he probably hasn't been challenged before but um he's he's a strong individual and he's he's handling things properly yeah I mean this league is so hard. Um, there is so much talent that, you know, you can argue that the mental edge can 
sometimes be what separates you. Um, and if there's distractions or um, obstacles, you know, in the way of like being able to devote the focus to beat out someone's other mental edge. I, you know, it's just, I, I, I guess bottom line is if, do we feel like fans take this for granted? Yes, of course. Like you said, but they, you know, this is a performance based, um, job that, you know, the NBA is watching entertainment. And so we see this with actors. We see this with musicians, like it, you know, it can, you never know how someone is entering into their the space that they're expected to perform in. Um, and you can't expect it to be the same each and every day because that's not what being human is. Um, and I think what's another interesting kind of mental battle is the battle of against father time, if you will. Um, you know, you're, you've been in the league for a, a while, CJ, but like you're not there yet where you're really facing, you know, thoughts of when you're going to be um, retiring. But this is something that like, or that you've taken a step back. If, if anything, you've done the opposite. What we're seeing with Clay Thompson right now um, with the Warriors is you know, he's, he's having to answer a lot of questions about his decline in play and then, you know, kind of making room for the, for the, the development of the younger players. And recently, you know, he was asked, um, when his role changed, uh, and not be included in, you know, the, the end of game, he said, if it's been an adjustment, he said, you kidding me? You go from, you know, one of the best players. It's hard for anyone. Um, it's very hard. And, you know, I had a conversation with Steph Curry, who's still playing at a prime right now. Um, uh, just how hard it is for that unit who's won together and has been so synonymous with, you know, the Warriors success and dynasty how it, it's how it is with him and, you know, with Draymond's suspension and Clay, you know, ha- having to answer questions of him being um, in and out of the, the starting lineup, like how, how that feels kind of coming to grips with their mortality. And he's just like, it's, it's, it's gotta be an open conversation. Like the communication has to happen. Um, I don't want to get you into that mentality. Cause you're still, <laughs> you're still yeah. like, you're still at a at a high, but like, have you thought about, you know, what it's what it's going to be like when you do feel like it's you've you're just not the same player? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think I mean, even in reading Clay's quote, he feels good physically, physically? Yeah. mentally. I think that's the sign, right? Like mentally, he's starting to drift. He's starting to question things, and obviously, he's had the injuries. He's had the role shift in terms of his usage, how he's being utilized in the games. All those things are kind of affecting him, but it all comes back to the basics of Clay's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest players to ever shoot a basketball, and no one's ever going to forget that. It's important that he doesn't forget that. 
as well. And I think as he continues to maneuver this journey and whatever that journey takes him and wherever that journey takes him, it's important that you keep that sanity and that understanding of who you are as a person, as a player. And if you can maintain that peace, then the game is what it is. It's just a game. It's a game you've mastered. It's a game you have over 10,000 hours of playing and there's going to be great nights and bad nights, but it's about understanding that that's a very, very important thing to understand in this sport and in this life is you can't control a lot of things, but you can control how you react to them. And I think um, the contract situation, I think there's a lot of things that are playing into, you know, why we're seeing this version of clay, but the skills are still there. The talent is still there. The physical, the physical um, being that he was and is, is, is still there. It's just about tapping into that mental side of it, but I haven't gotten to that point. I think mentally I'm where I need to be. And when I'm not, that's when I step away. Um, well, you're not stopping away anytime soon because, uh, you know, you've been great this season. Let's get a little into wrap things up with the Pelican brief because, um, you know, you, you guys have improved to 29 and 21 um, coming off some big wins. What's your what's the temperature on the team right now as you're, you're on this West Coast trip about yeah. to take on the Clippers and then the Lakers who are trying to figure things out as well? Yeah, we're in a weird part of the season where there's less than half the season left. It's the trade deadline. It's all-star break looming, and we've been on the road a lot lately with one home game in between. So it's just about continuing to, to stick to what you do preparation-wise, understanding how you got to take care of your body during this part of the season, eat right, sleep right, hydrate properly, um, pick your treatment days, pick your workout days wisely, and coach kind of figuring out strategically when we should practice and when we shouldn't. But I think we're in a good spot on pace for about 48 wins, you know, in seventh place with a chance to get upward, you know, mobility of six or five and kind of hang out around there and then try to go on runs and beat teams under 500, steal games on the road and, and compete against the, the likes of the Clippers and, and some of those, you know, uh, upper echelon teams in the conference. And then that positions you well for playoffs. But I'd say that we're in a good space. Offensively, we're, we're, we're playing well. We're shooting a lot of threes. B.I. had a great game the other night. Defensively, we're locking up and. Um, for us, it's just about consistently doing the right things and having the right habits to to be successful now and later in the season. Um, so will you uh, do the dunk contest? I will not. I will not be doing the dunk contest or the three-point contest this year. I have some things I need to take care of with my family. Okay, but can you also just try to do the dunk contest? <laughs> they don't want me in that dunk contest. <laughs> They don't want me. You'd be a name that like. <laughs> yeah, name, but we don't want the name. We, we want the dunks, the good dunks. Uh, what would be your go-to dunk? I mean, I can I dunk through the legs and stuff, but it's just you've seen it a million times. So it's like, why? Like, I, I'm not that guy. Like, that's Have not you me. ever done a dunk contest in your life? No, not, not a real not one. Not even when you were younger? No, in the driveway, but that's it. It doesn't count. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to add more names to the dunk contest. No. I guess we do know Jalen Brown, Mac McClung, Jacob Toppin, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Not. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be very interesting to watch, and we can't wait. So we hope everybody tunes in and watches. Everyone will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we hope everybody also, also watch the All Star Celebrity Game because that's what's on ESPN. Exactly, and continue to listen to the CJ McCollum show and uh, take care of your mental health. It's very important. Absolutely. Enjoy LA. I will. Hope try. you have a good umbrella. Umbrella. Ella. No, Ella. we didn't need all that. Okay, bye. Hey, hey.